two TARDIS tropes. We're your companions. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And we're blasting off into Doctor Who world for the last time. Thank God. This <laughs> season is finally over. I'm so just... Oh, I know I flip-flopped a lot on like being like hopeful and optimistic and then switching over to being like really pessimistic and just being angry. Now I'm just like, thank God it's done. Let's I just know. get this over with. It's It's so sad like my my general feelings have just been so meh for the last two episodes which is so sad after getting a couple of like pretty decent episodes in there where I actually cared a little bit and was entertained yeah I I mean there were high points as there are to any season but that doesn't mean that it was you know anything was actually of high quality it was just in comparison to Chris Chibnall's writing which is just so bad it's so bad so we're going to talk about um, the last two episodes, episodes 9 and 10. Um, it Takes You Away and the Battle of Score of Kolos Disintegrator of the Soul. Ugh, yeah, it just... I, I, I mean, there's nothing to these episodes. No. There's no meaning that you can glean from them. I guess in It Takes You Away, it's about letting go of uh, of a loved one. I... And I guess, you know, Ranscore of Kolos is about, you know, don't be revenge guy because Graham is revenge guy and he don't want to be revenge guy and Toothface is back and he want to be revenge guy and he bad guy. Yeah, just like, (laughs) I'm so sad with It Takes You Away because that episode started and I was actually really hopeful to get like a genuinely interesting um, like spooky Doctor Who episode. Right, like, but this, I mean, this episode, it switches genres, like, six times. It's uh, There's no consistency. There's no, like, pitch to this episode, like, this is what this episode's about. No, they just, they just keep going with it and, like, throwing shit at the wall. And it's just this tedious mess of different <laughs> genres of Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know. Like, it's just so sad because I... I was actually looking forward to It Takes You Away. And then it's so yeah, quickly... Yeah, it could have been a spookum episode, but it was not. It was just pretending to be a spookum episode. Right. So that they could reveal, oh, not a spookum. To do a misdirect, which, like, I feel like has been done a lot this season. Well, yeah, just because it feels like every episode is just written linearly. Like, there's no, there's no curvature to these stories. It doesn't feel like we wrote them with the ending in mind. It just feels like... Well, we wrote a couple scenes. We don't have time to rewrite them, but they don't really fit in this episode anymore, so now they're just filler. Yeah, like... like uh, so, in It Takes You Away, basically, they land in Norway. Um, <laughs> there's a cabin in the woods. They go to it. Yeah, and they meet a girl, blind girl stranded in the woods, really unbearable accent, which is not her real-life accent, so I feel fine making fun of it. Um... <laughs> I and like I don't know I didn't this, hate it but but I could see how I found it so would. distracting and annoying and it just on top of her monotone and complete lack of like facial expressions or, or expressiveness of action or, or you know anything it just I, she's not a good actor yeah that's fair and you know I'm all for representation and I I, I, I you know I care but about you it still have good actors yeah I don't yeah I, I don't want there to be you know able-bodied actors playing actors with playing characters with disabilities but like I I always want to like include the caveat, like as long as they can act, right. like, there should be plenty of blind girl actors that they could just get to be in a show. Right. And if you can't, then you just don't write that. I know. And it was such a, like, that's another thing. Like her blindness, like barely has any bearing on like the plot in any way. No, but maybe it doesn't have to, you know, like there's a million arguments when it comes to representation. Like, should the episode be centered around it? Like, I don't think it has to be centered um, around it, but like, it's very rare that it like caused her any like us any tension. Like, oh no, the monster's behind her and gotta get her. Or like, did she like, it didn't hurt her or help her at all. Which a right. I mean, trait well, should. you could argue that it was helping her because that was what allowed her to sense that mommy is not the real mommy. Ugh. She's 
evil universe frog. Yeah, because, you know, all blind people have that sixth sense where they can just be like, you're not who you are. Right. It was really more of a mysticizing of her blindness than like an actual representation of what her skills are. Yeah. I mean, being that she's so blind, shouldn't she immediately recognize where the sound is coming from of this (laughs) speaker that's pretending to be a monster? Yeah, so so basically, we we think there's a monster attacking the house, and that's why it's all... That's the other thing, though, is, like, why is the house all boarded up like that? To keep her in. Ooh, but, but like, she can just walk out the front door. But she can just walk out the uh, front door. Like, there's, it doesn't make any sense. Dumb. Like, are you... Dumb, dumb, dumb. So they, there is this speaker that's designed to, to keep her in so that she doesn't get hurt because her dad just straight up abandons her. Um, and yeah. nobody knows why. So then they go into a magic mirror and meet a guy named Ribbons, who's like Gollum of the episode. Oh my god! And he's just there's this unbearably tedious, distracting like subplot about like they've got to barter with him for the information on where the dad went. Yeah, and it's clear that they've just they're just stalling for time. And like this is our first major genre shift where we yeah. start in horror and now suddenly we're like in the middle of the princess bride walking through like the swamp, <laughs> you know, like that's what it kind of right, reminded but me like of. a more tedious version of the princess bride. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like suddenly we're on an adventure, you know? Right. So like the, this, this ribbons guy likes to eat people and he constantly talks about it and he has a knife and the doctor's like, put down the knife or I'm never giving you my sonic screwdriver, which right. why does she care about that anyway? Because <laughs> she made it in a garage like 10 episodes ago. Yeah. <sighs> it, maybe it's not so much that like she doesn't want to give up that specific screwdriver. She just doesn't want someone else to have the magic screwdriver MacGuffin, you know? Right, but what he's what's he going to do? He's stuck in this filler zone, the anti-zone. I don't know, escape escape the the filler zone or whatever. Eat some children. Like, I don't know. He's just such like a garden troll, you know? Like something something that I've noticed a lot in like these episodes is that like the doctor um she she's not very like smart. Um, like she has oh. a lot of knowledge, but she's never ever outsmarted another character Mm-mm. just by like talking to them or tricking them or, you know, making them think something like the closest she comes to that is in this, the first episode of the season where she like moves the bombs without telling us. Yeah, she's she's but much it, less of a like trickster god in the same way that like previous incarnations of the doctor have been. Which, like... Right, no, she's much more just like, I'm a nice person who helps people. Right, which, like, fine, but it's also kind of boring, you know? Right. Um, But in any case, this time she gets tricked because she told him to put down the knife. She didn't tell him to put down all of the knives. Gotcha. Gotcha, Doctor. Um, Also, things contributed by this episode is uh, evil moths that live, flesh-eating moths live in the space between spaces, in the phantom zone, in the... Oh, God, there's a million different names for this, like, stupid in-between two different dimensions. I know. I will say, the moths were cute. I hated them like as a concept you know what's cute about like a just it's a moth it's just a bug i don't know it was a cute bug i was like maybe they were trying to capitalize on moth lamp memes from the internet oh my god maybe that's the other thing is like oh the only lights we have in the anti-zone are these weird balloons like where do they come from (laughs) why any of this like the moths are attracted to them, but you can't move. But also, if they're you just do pulling move, shit out of their ass <sighs> is what's happening, and it's all totally pointless because then we get to the other side of the mirror and we shift genres yet again. Yeah. And now we're in the mirror of Erised, you know, the mirror that grants your wishes, and it's it's literally just this trope called the Lotus Eater machine, which comes from um, the the Odyssey. Okay. Uh, where it's just like, you know, this is a, a realm that grants your every wish, but then you're stuck there. Mm, um, and okay, like we've seen yeah. this in Doctor Who a million times before already. There's like Donna in the Forest of the Dead ends up in a virtual world with a fake family. And that's like her wish granted. Right. And then we've got like Amy's Choice, which is like the Dream Lord. But that one's a little more interesting because the villain is legitimately like 
a part of the hero's subconscious that like hates himself. Right. And then we have Last Christmas, which I have already talked about that I really like that episode. Um, And it basically does the same thing with Graham and and Grace, which we haven't brought up yet. But yeah, Graham sees Grace and it's sad. Um, Heartbreaking. Oh, heart explode. So so they really this has been called heartbreaking. I've, I've seen some weird articles that are like, this is like the most touching episode of Doctor Who yet. No, like, okay, like, I don't know. I'll say this. So, so basically they go to this mirror universe or whatever, and they find the little blind girl's dad who has abandoned her for his dead wife. Um, she's like, I don't know. She's a teenager. There's food in the house. She's fine. I don't have to tell her where I'm going. Yeah. I just have to keep her locked in this building instead of saying like, Hey, I'm going on a trip. Psychologically Um, torturing her with fear about an animal outside that will eat her. Yeah. She's like huddling under the table going, it takes you away. It takes you away. And then, you know, I guess they wrote the title for this episode before they decided, Oh, that's not what this episode is about at all. No, it's not about anyone going anywhere. It's about the opposite of that. Well, it is about people going, but nothing's taking. It's right. They're just keeping you there. So, yeah, so they're in this mirror universe, um, and his dead wife is there. And it's like, oh, my God, how is this possible? And then Graham is with them, and then he's It's like, it's an illusion. It's a trap, like we said at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, And he has to figure out, is it her? Is it not? (laughs) And, like, yeah, sure, it's kind of sad, but not really. It doesn't feel very emotional, even. Like, no, it's, it's it's just kind of a cold, like, well, you seem real. I really don't want to leave if you're real right. and I can see you right in front of me. And then she says something that like, you know, in the most cliche way possible reminds him, oh yeah, the real grace would want me to leave. Yeah. To save Ryan. Been done. Or whatever. It, I, I will say I didn't find that emotionally i don't know i i didn't respond to that but i did i had a little heart flutter when um ryan called graham granddad like i think well, they had okay like, but is that earned in any like way in this episode like that's not a consequence of this episode they aren't even on screen together in fact in like most episodes they don't spend that much screen time together and when they do it's literally just to be like i loved you gran and him going like, oh, no. I hated my dad. We're friends now. Yeah. Like, after, like, episode three, they're basically BFFs for life. Yeah. And, like, them finally admitting, like, you're my dad is, like, it's whatever. I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's whatever. It, it did. It worked on me. Maybe I'm easy. Like, I would agree that there wasn't anything in particular in this episode that worked towards that goal at all. But it is something that I think has been worked towards at least minimally throughout the season. All right. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. There is like an arc in this season. It just isn't one that I am at all invested in. Whether these two unlikable people... Graham's not unlikable. Okay, yeah. Okay, whether Ryan, who is a child, ends up, you know, like, learning to love this stranger who has been married to his grandma for three years. Right. Like... You know, there's like my grandpa has been dating someone for that long. Like, it's not that doesn't make me have like a really close relationship with them. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, like his grandmother was much more like a mother to him, especially since he didn't have any other parental figures in his life. Sure. But he's an adult. Like, he doesn't need to form a close bond with a grandparent. Like, this is such a pointless arc. Yeah. It means nothing. (laughs) You know, I just watched Shaun of the Dead, which actually handles this like a million times better, um, where he's got like, you know, an actual stepdad who he grew up with Uh um, and who he never accepted. And then his stepdad dies. And, you know, he says like, 
you know, I always just wanted to be a, have you be a man. And I wanted to be that role model for you, but that was selfish of me. You know, I shouldn't have, you know, I didn't have to be that role model because you've grown into a great young man, uh-huh. you know, and that's like, there's like heart in that. Right. There, there's a coming together of, it's not just resentment for resentment's sake. It's like, there was conflict going on there and there wasn't ever really conflict right. between Graham and Ryan. It was just Ryan's a petulant child and didn't want to accept him. Right. And likewise, I mean, I mean, like, is Graham, does he really need, is the most important thing for him to get over his wife's death? Like, is that what his story is? Or, you know, should it be about, like, literally anything else? Because, sure, he's allowed to mourn for as long as he wants. He's an old, old man whose wife just died. Like, why Why does he need to get over it? Why is that his arc? I don't know. I, I, I think there are worse arcs out there. Like, I don't think it's a inherently bad one or even like i guess so i just think like it's been done better elsewhere like in doctor who like i mean last christmas was like the other big mirror of erised lotus eater machine dealing with dead loved one yeah dealing with dead loved ones because you know clara is trapped in a dream world her brain's being eaten by a crab (laughs) um it's a weird fucking show um and she's you know dreaming of her idealized version of danny pink who's dead and uh, you know the doctor really has to like pull her out like really has to force her out there's a lot of struggle um and there's a lot of tension because it's like any second now they could die whereas in this episode like i didn't feel that tension and it felt really easy for graham to leave and like even easier for the doctor to leave holy shit yeah yeah so (laughs) they end up finding out that what's going on is that they're in another universe where this sentient conscious it's a sentient conscious universe that is incompatible with uh our universe right and the doctor goes on for like 10 minutes explaining this when it really takes like as long as we just took to explain it um like what a boring terrible bedtime story yeah the doctor talks forever about it and is like oh it's a bedtime story my grand told me and then we find out the doctor apparently had like seven grandmothers i guess that's a fact in canon now it's fine you know there's no consistent canon to doctor who i know i i can't be too much of a fanboy being like i like the particular backstory that steven moffat came up with in the episode listen but you know, like, whatever. That's just me. But yeah, the doctor tells them that it's a sentient universe, um, but the it's like, she explains it as chicken pox, but it's not that. It's that everything <laughs> will, like, fucking explode if they're touching for too long. So, like, they have to get out of the universe or whatever. Yeah, it's less chicken pox, more smallpox, more yeah. death. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like, she's trapped in this conversation with this universe who has decided to take in the form of frog, like lol, a frog. So silly. Lol to randoms. I, I did. I did kind of like the frog. Like I know it literally could have been anything, but I, I yeah, did that's like my point. It. it just could have been, it could have been anything other than a person. And it's equally as like lol to randoms, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's a pickle. Maybe it's a because because Grace loved pickles. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I guess it doesn't matter. I still kind of liked it, but but then like the way the doctor like outsmarts or outwits this thing and gets it to release her is by being like, I'm your friend and I'll always be your friend, even if we never ever ever see each other ever again and we've only talked for like two minutes. We're best And like we already know that this like being is psychic. So one, it should totally know that the doctor is lying when she says, like, I would totally stay here. Right. But the universe is exploding. <laughs> like we know that she's lying and that she just wants to leave. Right. So why would why would it believe her that it wants to be friends with her? Um, and like, if it can read her mind like instantaneously and generate this world, like with really realistic people in it, like, why can't it just scan her brain and then populate the world with a bunch of, you know, scanned replica people from her brain? Right. Exactly. Like, it's just, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, this is like a universe that's conscious. Like, sure, maybe it's lonely, but also maybe it's beyond loneliness. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's bigger questions to answer here. And, like, the episode has zero interest in doing any of that, you know? And exactly. it's just like, how do we get them to make weird, bad choices that feel that, like, we're going to present 
Like, this is a really tough, hard decision that someone has to make when really it's just like, like you press a button or you right. say a word. So like people, people who are saying that they love this episode, like, do they love a, that it's a heartbreaking episode? No, it's not really. There's nothing that sad about seeing a loved one who ends up being a fake loved one in, especially when it's not framed that way. Right. We've seen this like, like doctor, not only has doctor who like done this a bunch before, but like we as viewers have seen this so many countless times now like we're yeah. too, tr- or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just so trope. No, we've seen it uh, to this. forever. It's totally, I'm totally desensitized to it. Yeah. Um, so it's not a heartbreaking episode, um, you know, including the fact that like Ryan's arc with this kid makes no sense. Basically no. the kid knocks him out and then they hug. Mm. <laughs> That's the arc. It's just, like, so dumb. It's not a surreal episode. It's just, like, a bunch of random Doctor Who shit slapped together with, like, non-fitting genres. Um, And it's not, like, an exciting mystery because nothing in the first two parts of the episode contributed at all to solving the mystery. They literally just walk out the other side of the mirror and immediately everything is, is explained to them. Like... It's just dumb and bad. And people are calling this like the best episode. No. I don't get it. I don't get it. Stop. The best episode? I think they just want there to be one good episode before the finale like you, but they're more delusional. Oh, my God. I just, I can't. All right. Let's talk about the finale because, yeah, like, I, or, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Like, um, The only other thing that I have written down is um, why does Hana have an accent that is terrible <laughs> when her parents don't have accents? Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I don't know. I feel and like they have like a little bit of an accent, but... Okay, but it, like, why would enough. their daughter have way more of an accent in this really unrealistic, terrible... Ugh, I hate it so much. Yeah. I hate everything about It Takes You Away, including the title. But oh. there's a title that I hate more than It Takes You Away. Yeah, the next one. The Battle of Ranskor of Kolos, Disintegrator of the Soul. Oh my gosh. It's just, ugh. Toothface is back, y'all. He came back. Tim Shaw. Toothface the... in outer space, it's Toothface. The dumbest villain is back. I'm like so mad that we were right that he came back yeah but it was just obvious because when you create like a world uh where you know there's no references to older more iconic bad guys all you can use is what's in this season and the opener is this awful toothface villain right there's nothing left for the finale like what, what would be the big finale for these characters? There's no character arcs to resolve. There's no mysteries to solve. Nope. All that's left is the revenge of the Badman, who's bad <laughs> and likes killing. Yeah, it's just, he's such a dumb villain, David. And he looks dumb. He looks and he has dumb. dumb powers that aren't used yeah. in this entire episode. And... Like his oh god, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, he like freezes one person off screen, and uh, because I guess they didn't have the budget for it or something. (laughs) And like, we never see his like cable monster or whatever, or any of his like technology stuff that he used. Nope, it's just he's just like, I am spooky man, and I have the powers of a god on this planet. Yeah, I don't know, he is weird and dumb and awful um so basically this episode opens with these like two a cold open yeah we haven't had any cold opens this season and i think i feel like that's been severely lacking uh but this cold open does not do what cold opens are supposed to do cold opens are supposed to spark a mystery in the you know in, in the person watching and you know make them like oh no what's going to happen um get them, you know, hooked in. Right. Well, <laughs> the hook in here is there's some aliens who lift rocks and then something teleports down. We don't know what. And then 3000 plus years later. <laughs> <laughs> like why? It's so well, first silly. Of all, just like the cut is like terrible. Just yeah. on like an editing note. It, it's just bad. Like you can basically already tell who it is that's teleporting in. 
by the time they're cutting right. away. But then they still do it at, like, this awkward moment where it doesn't actually feel dramatic or important. And so then they're just like, a thousand years in the future, the doctor and crew are on the TARDIS looking for distress signals. And they found some. And it's just like, way to take away any of the immediate tension that, like, the thing that just teleported in, is it good? Is it bad? We have no idea. We just know that it happened 3,000 years ago. Right. Um, And then, you know, we we cut to, like, oh, man, we're going to set up everything about this planet. Here are the rules. Um, This planet wipes your memory and causes you emotional distress unless you're wearing this thing. So don't ever take this thing off or something real bad will happen. Um, So put a pin in that. Uh, oh, you still have a pin in it? Oops, we did, it doesn't matter. You can take the pin out. Um, yeah, it's never gonna it, it never comes back. There's like a brief moment where they're like, they, they do take it off and put it on someone else. And then they just take it off of them and put it back on themselves and everything's fine. Yeah, like literally nothing bad ever happens. The doctor refuses to say the bad thing that will happen. Like there is the person who they find on the planet who's like already right. confused. So, but we could have done something really interesting with like memory, like, and you're losing your memory or you're losing your mind or it unlocks the emotional distress that's underneath the surface. Nope, none of that. It's not important. Nope. So we, we land on this planet. There's a gun standoff with a guy whose memory has been wiped. He can't remember his name. Uh, then they put a thing on his head and he immediately remembers his name. So, okay. Uh, I got to get this MacGuffin to... Back to home, uh, but the the guy, the Toothface guy, he appears and he wants the thing. We don't know what the thing is. Yeah. It's just a MacGuffin. And so then we go and meet him. And then Graham then decides to tell the doctor, even though he knows that she would not approve of this and in fact would try to stop him, that he's going to kill Toothface. Uh, yeah, revenge. And the doctor's like, no. That's bad. Although, you know what? It's not even really revenge. It's more like, you know, he's trying to stop this guy from killing anyone else because, you know, and like the doctor was totally fine with killing him before with the DNA bombs. So like, who gives a shit? Speaking of bombs, when we start forming our plan to board Toothface's shrine ship, um, the (laughs) Ryan gets in an argument with her about exactly what we've been criticizing her for this whole season, (laughs) which is her contradictory views on bombs and guns. Yes, yes. She, like, pulls out fucking grenades, and Ryan's like, what the hell? (laughs) She's like, oh, these are for, like, doors and stuff. You know, like, anything that's not living. Like, whatever, you can blow that shit up (laughs) from here to heaven. Yeah, there's even a scene later where it turns out, like, the thing that she strapped the bomb to was a planet with billions of lives on it, and she could have accidentally blown it up um, and killed everybody. And she's like... Oops! And then just moves on. There's no, like, moment of, like, horror or anything. Like, what have I done? Right, that she almost committed fucking genocide, basically. Yeah, just by accident, because she's reckless and uses bombs for to solve literally all of her problems in this yeah. series. Well, and just, like, <laughs> she says in that speech to Ryan, where, like, he's like, what's with all the bombs? That's crazy. Um, and she's just like, well, I don't know. My rules change all the time. Like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, what? Which is true. I mean, like, there really isn't much consistency. But, like, drawing attention to it. But it doesn't give you the to be morally superior to anyone else in this fucking show. That's, yeah, that's the main thing. You know, like, it's just, you can't, you can't preach to people about how violence is wrong and guns are wrong when you're like, well, sometimes I do it, but only a little bit. You know, like, stop. Then we have, like, a brief scene where uh, the doctor wades in water and starts talking about how, like, Oh, I wish I'd brought my wellies. I think I invented wellies. And she's just talking to the air. Like, no one is listening to this yeah. batshit insane woman it's just very talking much to the more air. Homeless doctor rambling. Like, I I feel like that didn't used to happen. No. I mean, I might be I might be wrong. Maybe Matt Smith would sometimes like say things, but he would say them so quickly that like It'd be like blink and you miss it. Exactly. But like the camera just like holds on Jodie Whittaker just like explaining like the jokes. But like she's also clearly talking to no one, whereas the doctor, like like Matt Smith doctor, like he wanted an audience. Everyone was always his audience, you know? So like when sure. he was talking, he, everyone He's was very supposed performative, to be li- yeah. Yes. 
yes, everyone's supposed to be listening. Everyone should hear all of his weird ramblings because it might be important later. And like, that's the other right. thing. Like he would ramble a, like to a point, like Jodie Whittaker's doctor just sort of rambles. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like very strange. The rich history of the doctor. She might've invented wellies. Yeah. I will say, I'm glad that like all of the celebrity name dropping has like, chilled out dwindled a little bit she's a little less um star fucking <laughs> yeah star in any case then we're on this ship we've boarded toothface's ship Basically, you tricked the people there into thinking he's their god yeah it's like it's like a very classic sci-fi thing like oh we it's a planet of religious aliens and then somebody teleports there and they worship them as a god but really it's just like a normal guy who's bad and it's like, okay, yeah. we've seen this. Yeah. Like, like they don't face really any moral dilemma turning on no. him. You know, there's like, oh, wait, he's bad. Okay, never mind. Even though they've... Right. Oh, looks like he's capturing tons of planets and keeping them in crystals. And once you bring a fifth crystal in there, it literally destroys every single planet in the universe. So maybe his plan isn't so great. Right. Like, maybe this is kind of evil. Okay. Whoops. We were just tricked for the last... 3,000 plus years, whatever. Oopsie. I will say, I did really, really like their costume design. And like, I don't know, there is something about like these aliens that kind of did the hukes, hukes, whatever, how do you? Hukes. Yeah, I don't know. Like divorced from Doctor Who, I would just be interested in like seeing their story because I feel like it might be interesting. But like here, it's just nothing. Yeah, they're like, they live for millennia. There's only two of them. They have swirly things on their faces. They're basically just the cherubs from Homestuck. We will tie this into Homestuck no matter what. Oh my God, they fucking are, David. <laughs> um, so, oh okay, so we're on this ship. Um, and what what is the major threat that we're facing on like a moment to moment basis? It's sniper bots again. Oh God! It's it's stormtroopers. Why are they called sniper bots when they don't snipe? They're not snipers. No, they're they're like infantrymen, and they just like shoot in a straight line to the to the extreme that if you <laughs> duck, they will shoot each other because they're so non-threatening and so dumb. Stupid. Also, yep. going back to like yep. the speech about not using guns, but using bombs. Um, everyone in this episode uses yeah. guns literally the entire time. So, so much about yep. guns not being an effective weapon. Yeah, I guess they're just supposed to use bombs every time a robot shows up. Or, you know, they should have brought an EMP. That would have solved the problem. Yeah, right. Also, like, Graham ends up shooting. Uh, that, that's the other thing. Like, Ryan at one point confronts Graham about his insane plan to try to kill tim shaw and he's like listen this guy's technically a feared assassin like he he's gone up against much tougher people and killed them like what do you think make like how are you supposed to survive this and graham's like i'm gonna do it and then like he does which i feel like just proves that tim shaw's the most unthreatening villain in the entire yeah, fucking well, world <laughs> You know? What did he actually do that made him like threatening as like a Dalek or, you know, a Cyberman or literally any classic Doctor Who villain who's just as campy? Oh, oh, nothing. He like froze two people. Oh, yeah. No, like like I I don't think the story did anything to back up Ryan's point of view. But like it was also asking us to believe right. that the entire time. So like it's just a lose lose situation no matter yeah. what. Like I, I mean, OK. Okay, so then, like, we get to, like, the climax of the thing, and we find out, okay, so what's happening is the the yucks are using their psychic powers and Stenza technology to trap planets in boxes, and we find out that these are all planets that Toothface hates and wants to revenge on. So, like, he's bad because he wants revenge. Mm -hmm. And so then we're faced with, like, two moral quandaries that are very easily dealt with. First, we have um, the Doctor would have to disconnect the, the yucks from the machine, but that might kill them. Oh, wait, no, we can just put our little, like, you know, brain stopper things on them, and brain that releases them. Stoppers. So, okay, that moral choice is avoided. And then we have, like, oh, man, Graham, he, will he kill the guy or, you know, spare him? Um, well... He could just kind of keep him in a stasis bubble for all eternity, which is more or less killing him. But, you know, he doesn't have to actually kill him. Also, we've established that if if uh, Toothface leaves the planet, then he dies. So, like, you know, th there's no stakes here. So then it's fine. You don't have to kill him. 
He's in jail already. You just have to put him in second yeah, jail. Yeah, they put him in jail, in pod. jail, on an abandoned planet that also causes people to go insane if they land on it. Exactly. Like, that's a pretty secure fucking jail and or that guy's going to go right. insane. But who cares? Who Like, it doesn't matter. None of these are the actual, like, plot because, like, the plot is just solved by a bunch of techno babble. The doctor is like, if I hook up the wires to the other wires and I hit the button at the right time and I hook up the, the telepathic control unit, then you can just teleport all the planets back where they came from. Of course, because that was what was going to happen no, no matter what it's just so frustrating because like this didn't feel like a finale at all no you it know? really didn't like there was nothing not bigger special There's, about it doesn't this. resolve arcs the only thing is it's just the return of mm -mm. the bad guy and like it would have been literally so fucking simple to like seed at least a couple of things and like i'm not saying that they would be unique even unique to Doctor Who, much less sci-fi in general. But, like, you could have done a little bit of, like, foreshadowing or pre-plotting or, like... Right. I mean, if planets are being taken, yeah, you can do the same thing that exactly. you did in Season 4 where planets are disappearing and that causes some problems. Right. And it's, like, it feels like they're trying to do that a little bit in, like, the Desolation Planet or whatever. And, like, that's the only other time that, like, the Toothface race is like mentioned yeah and it doesn't have anything to do with like hinting that toothface is still no. alive it's literally just this was another planet that was you know used by the stenza to make weapons that ended up being cloth which also never come back and also the fact that they could read minds never came oh back and the things that they read in the doctor's mind never came mm -hmm. back like the timeless child. Oh God, I totally forgot about that completely. Oh my God. Maybe it was just supposed to be the doctor is the timeless child, like. Or, or is that, or is that supposed to be like the the yooks because they also live forever or something? Like. No, it no, it didn't come back. It's it's nothing. <laughs> like there's it doesn't mean anything. I literally forgot about that fucking plot hook, and I feel like everyone else has too. Well, because maybe it wasn't even supposed to be a plot hook. I just thought it was at the time because, because it sounded like it was it. the second episode of the series and you know it's like a secret that the doctor has that isn't brought back yeah so. i don't know i like i feel like it should have been something it seemed like it was I setting mean, it like, up to be uh, there are people who like this season and i i straight up just don't understand them like do you really anticipate anything in this season being brought back in the future as far as like villains we've created we have like mud men moths cloths <laughs> and robot snipers yeah. that don't snipe and terrorists terrorists from the future and then you know like there's nothing that was invented for this season that i could see coming back maybe those like assassins that aren't assassins from the demons of the punjab episode i don't know i could maybe see the watchers like the people who are yeah but like that's it and like even then you know is that really that original right. like there's nothing in this season that is going to come back right. you could totally throw this season in the trash and not lose any continuity no none you know? at all none at all which is sad it's yeah, I mean, it's like if, it, if you're trying to be standalone, but even if you're trying to be standalone, you should introduce something and then resolve it. Because if it's standalone, like what is resolved in this season, yeah. you know, what was introduced and then like finished? <sighs> Nothing. I guess like these character arcs are resolved, but probably these characters are coming back next season. And then what are you going to do with them? Well, like, but like, like they're all the smallest character arcs. Like. I don't know, did Yaz even really have one? Like, we got, like... No, Yaz didn't have a character like, we had, arc like, at all. two episodes with her, and then... Right, one of which was just, I wish I knew more about my grandma. Okay, now I know more about my grandma. But also, it turns out I could have just asked my grandma. Right, because she was willing to tell me later. Um, and then the other one is, like, you know, oh, man... Wait, no, that one wasn't even about her either. The The other episode that focused on Yaz's family was the spider yeah. episode, and, like, that episode wasn't about her. No, it was just that she was annoyed with her family a little bit, and so she wanted to travel in the TARDIS because of it. Like, yeah, and, like, her mom is like, hey, what's who's this doctor lady? Are you two involved? And she's just like, and she's mom, like, nope. mom, you don't get to know everything about my life. Like, both Yaz and Ryan are, like, very childish in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're supposed to be, like, in their mid-twenties. 20s right, right? They're, they're supposed to be adults yeah. like get over your petty issues like my dad left 
My wife is dead. Okay, my okay. I, I think parents, my parents just don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think grow up. like Graham's storyline had the most weight out of any of them. And like Sure. I mean, just by measure of the fact that like he's the most likable character too. Yeah. I mean, the, you don't have to do much to outweigh Yaz and Ryan. The doctor has no arc this season. None. Learns nothing, changes not at all because of course the doctor in the season never did anything wrong no nothing which is really boring and also none of the main characters did anything wrong in fact everyone is always right all the time and no one is challenged at all in you know what they actually want to do versus what they have to do right there's no moral dilemmas that aren't like easily solved by like elementary school right <laughs> like morality and hey maybe you're saying you know a season doesn't have to have moral dilemmas sometimes dave uh, you know russell t davies didn't have moral dilemmas Okay, but he had like a political message and what's the political message of this season supposed to be? Jesus. Oh, you know, don't be racist, don't pollute, um, don't be racist again. But also capitalism is good. Uh, capitalism is fine and Amazon is just doing their job. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Automation bad, robots bad. Automation bad's witch burning is bad yeah. like these are very very basic things and then we get to the end and it's like revenge is bad well not really like revenge but just like killing people for revenge is bad and then it's like really like when are the kids watching this going to ever be faced with a, a situation where they have to decide whether or not they're willing to kill someone for revenge well and if they are how is your show going to be the thing that like comes into their head and makes them go oh wait remember that one doctor who episode i watched like right like what are you talking about like make your show about something i just i know what russell t wanted his show to be i know what stephen moffat wanted his show to be what what is chris chibnall trying to make as a I show no idea. he's just regurgitating tropes from from the show as it's been and but i feel like like that's just he's a bad writer who like liked the show and didn't actually think about why he liked it at all Right. Whereas, you know, Moffat was always trying to deconstruct the show and Russell T, you know, he liked the show because it had really iconic characters in it yeah. and really iconic villains. And he brought almost all of those back that he could, yeah. um, except for the ones that he thought were dumb. So, you know, like, <laughs> that's like what fair. these people like about the like, show. Like, it seems like Christian Mill has no through thought or like vision at all for Right. Like, what he wants to do with Doctor Who. And, like, that's literally the job of a showrunner, you know, is to have right. that over And to provide vision. curvature to the story, provide structure for for the writers. Yeah. And none of these, all these episodes could have, be, could have been written in any order. And, and probably this is the worst possible order for me, personally, <laughs> because they saved Witchfinders all the way until, like, the third to last episode. Yeah. And then the last two episodes were god-awful. So and the first two episodes were god-awful. And they were just, like, a couple of saving graces in the middle all right like if we were gonna reorganize this season what order would you put things in i mean you kind of have to keep the pilot where yeah. it is because it's the introduction um i think you kind of have to keep ghost monument where it is um unless you really change the writing because the ghost monument was literally written just to get them back in the tardis but then I would probably put the uh, witch finders there because the witch finders is about how like challenging the doctor had as you know being you know being in this new body right so you have to set that up way earlier right. and, rather than setting up the, in the third to last episode then that sort of positions that as like this is a conversation we want to sort of be having like the doctor's new is facing the challenges that this new body has especially when it comes to like going back into the past with time travel um Right. That, like, like that there is sexism and then we're acknowledging that and that, like, that's something the doctor has to deal with now that she didn't have to deal with before. Um, and then maybe save, like, Rosa towards the end because yeah. that was just kind of, like, a fun romp in the past but with, like, a really poignant message at the totally. end. So that kind of works for, like, an end-of-season vibe. Yeah. It, it feels like it arrives somewhere, at least, you know, for however much right. I didn't love it. Like, it arrives Right. And then, you know, just get rid of Taraga Conundrum because it's just filler. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, yeah. And then, like, um, Demons at the Punjab could come about where it came maybe a little earlier or later. I mean, it's a good midpoint for the series. Yeah. Like, 
you know but may or maybe that could even be the second to last episode i don't know because like it doesn't change the plot at all um like you know literally the characters don't do anything in that episode but it does change the character um of yaz a little bit you know in whatever minute way (laughs) right i don't know like i just feel like you know there's no shape to this season there's no shape to any individual episode Mm -hmm. there's no curvature there's nothing that like gets brought back from the beginning of an episode and then resolves itself in the end right you know it's just linear linear storytelling point a to point b go stop the bad guy right it's it's instead of like here's a clue that we find at point a that is going to be helpful at point c it's just A happened, then B happened. <laughs> now we're at the end. Right. <sighs> you know, this season of Doctor Who, it is the worst that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I went back and watched season seven, which used to be my least favorite season of Doctor okay. Who. Okay. Um, and, like, honestly, those episodes, they have curvature to them. There's an arc. The characters are likable. Well, you know, debatably. Clara in season seven is not well-defined at all. Yeah. But she still does way more in each episode than Ryan, Graham, and Yaz put together. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like That as, affects the plot. As someone who does not like early Clara at all. Um, oh, I mean, I think she's terrible, uh, early Clara. Yeah. I think she gets better in season eight. You think it happens a little later. Yeah. That's okay. But Clara in the beginning is totally blank slate yes. but she still does stuff totally. and, and like, none of she, these characters really she do like like they attempt to give her a personality like it's a personality i don't believe and that i don't like think does anything <laughs> but like they're trying with this it's like everyone just is there to be like goody goody two shoes or like to right. be sad about one thing over and over again and whine about right. that and, you know, like, season seven manages to be both more campy than this season and also more serious and having real moral quandaries, you know? Like, I don't even know how that's possible. It's both more campy and more mellow, you know? Like, I, this season is just bland, boring bullshit. It's so bad. Just, guys, all of you who are like, thank God we got rid of Moffat, just go back and watch season 10. Go go watch season 9 and really honestly tell me that you think, like, Heaven Sent is dull, but It Takes You Away is riveting throughout. I know. Like, what are you talking about? It Takes You Away is not riveting a single moment. Like, the minute we, like, get into the weird mirrorverse, all the tension leaves. Like... I'm not scared for anyone. I was just like, okay, yeah. what weird fucking troll puzzle are we solving? Oh, weird. There's a universe. Like, because everyone's so good and everyone always makes the quote unquote, like, right choice, I feel like we're mm-hmm. never in doubt that things will turn out okay. You know, like. You, yeah. Do you want to know, you know, speaking of like knowing that things will come out okay and never being any tension? You know what I think is the most indicative quote about Chris Chibnall's writing in the entire show? What? Um, there's this scene where the uh, the yucks are pointing a gun at, uh, at the doctor, and she goes, you know, I never answer questions when I'm being threatened with a gun, uh-huh. except for three scenes earlier where she's confronted by the fat guy who's pointing a gun at her and she just goes look at me i'm the doctor we came here in a tardis it's over there what can i do you for oh my god that's so true holy crap it's like like it's like a minor error but seriously it just should have been caught like but like that's yes she always answers questions when a gun's pointed at her like there's no consistency like clearly there's just like no care being taken with the plot of these episodes and it's so frustrating because i want someone to care like i think all the best ones have had at least a little bit of passion in them you know from someone whether it's an actor or a writer who's trying a little bit harder than the bare minimum yeah like it just seems like Chris Chibnall doesn't know what he wants from the yeah. show. Jodie Whittaker's never watched the show. No. Um, none of the other actors have ever, you know, really watched the show. Maybe I think the actor who plays Yaz has watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, like they're just trying to make something that's its own thing. 
while having no ideas outside of, okay, they're time travelers and space travelers. Yeah, it's just, it's so strange. It's really, I just I just don't know what to do with it. And I can't believe that, like, we have another season of this with him. Like, oh, yeah. I'm but, you know, so that'll sorry. be his last season. After that, he'll leave. Hopefully. And, uh, I then... don't know. Like, they've been having all this weird, good, critical acclaim to our surprise. And, like, ratings... Yeah, but Chris Chibnall doesn't want to keep doing this. He's he's clearly miserable. I, I Like, he has to be, right? Like... I mean, I would be <laughs> if I put out this schlock. Um, oh, Chris, what are you doing? Just everything written in one draft, totally linear, no curvature to the story. And then, you know, and then and then it just ends and it doesn't feel like any major plot threads have been resolved. No major character arcs have been resolved. There's nothing climactic about this season finale. I mean, shit, like this ain't Game of Thrones, you know, we're not leaving on a big cliffhanger. No, not at all. <laughs> we're not we're not leaving on like finally, you know, Graham returns home and he sits peacefully in front of a fire he says you know what i'm done doing adventures we you know everything's resolved yeah. nope it's just it's just business as usual hey you know maybe maybe like the new year will be a turning point we've got a new year's special coming up yeah so i mean we'll we'll watch that and report back to y'all maybe maybe chris will have a new year's resolution to not be so shit he'll take a he'll go to a retreat He'll sit down with someone and look yeah. at Chris, buddy, friend, pal. What are you doing? And we'll give him a little help. We can only hope. Uh, we all need a little help sometimes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll catch us next time. Next time we're going to be talking about, um, you know, more stuff with guns and bombs and when you should use them. And when you shouldn't. We're going to be talking about. Yeah, when you shouldn't use them, because we're going to be talking about pacifism and anti-violence messages in TV shows. Yeah. Um, if you've uh, got any qualms with how we've been handling these recaps, <laughs> um, whether we've been too harsh or maybe not harsh enough, but I can't imagine how we could possibly be more harsh. Yeah. Um, check us out at Talking Tropes on Twitter um, or, you know, comment below, uh, you know, whatever SoundCloud's comment system is. Yeah. I don't know. Comment away uh, if you want to help us out. Like our stuff, subscribe to it. You know, we haven't been doing these like calls to action as much, but you know, come on. We're gonna get our New you Year's like resolutions together too. It'll yeah, New Year's resolution. We're gonna do more outreach and we're gonna communicate with you guys. What do you want? Yeah, and and listen, guys, <laughs> we're still putting together our our talking schedule for next year. Talking schedule, geez. Yep, still time to get your requests in for what tropes we should cover. Totally. So if there's something that you love out there or something you hate, like, we want to hear it and we want to talk about it because um, we like doing Hell this Hell yeah. All right. See you next year. Oh, wait, next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.